Welcome to the Discovered Podcast. Discovered is a product discovery community organized by Clayvu, featuring the brightest minds in e-commerce. My name is Rachel Tonner. I'm head of marketing for Clayvu. We're an AI search and discovery platform. Um, and I'm here with Hannah Bennett, who is our client from um, Paul Smith, head of digital. Um, welcome. Thank you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Um, I've been speaking with Hannah over the past uh, week or so, um, and I've been so impressed with her kind of as a woman in technology, um, as a creative kind of lead for her team, um, and I'm really excited to share the story today um, of Paul Smith's journey from kind of monolith to mock, and um, yeah, so kind of tell me a little bit about yourself, Hannah, first, and why Paul Smith? and a bit of your experience there. Yeah, so hi, I'm Hannah, um, I work at Paul Smith. So Paul Smith is a real person, not a lot of people know that. We're a fashion brand um, based in the UK, so we have offices in Nottingham and London, um, predominantly menswear, but we sell women's, junior, homeware, um, and why Paul Smith? So um, Paul is from Nottingham, he was originally there, and, and so am I. I was studying footwear design at university, and decided I wasn't going to be a footwear designer, basically. Um, we have a beautiful shop in an old house in Nottingham, and you go in, and there's just so many details. So when I was in my early 20s, there's staircases with tape measures on all the stairs and artwork, and it's just an amazing place to be. And I was like, okay, I like, I like this place. This is what I'm into. So I quit uni, decided I wasn't going to do that, started again, and, um, and worked at Paul Smith. So I've been there 14 years. Um, I started in the warehouse, picking, packing, moved quickly into returns, moved into fraud, moved into content, uh, project management. So I've kind of worked my way up to head of digital, which I've been in that role for two years now. Um, so yeah. Wow. What a unique experience that you have having been through like basically the entire business to then leading the team. What kind of insight do you think that has given you into like the new the role you have now. I think it's really important. It's nice that I can speak to anyone in my team and have that empathy and understanding and I know now how to push them as well and help them progress. So that's what I really enjoy doing now in my part role is kind of leading and mentoring and how to get the best out of people and them to push me. Like my challenge to them is always like, okay, what are we doing wrong? What can we do better? So, you know, what are you struggling with? What would make your job easier? So mm. that's, um, that's what really helps, I think. That's great. Yeah. So you've been through, obviously, so many iterations of Paul Smith's e-commerce operations. Um, what kind of made you realize that the mock journey was the best next step for Paul Smith? Yeah, yeah, we've been through a lot. So um, it was probably about three years ago now where we started hearing about a single page application and PWA. Before that, we were experimenting with AMP slightly and trying to see how that would fit into our, our, our model. And it didn't, it wasn't quite right. And then we were hearing more about single page application and headless at that time. And we were like, yeah, okay, this is what we need. And I guess the, the challenges I was facing at that time when I wasn't in this role, I was web development manager was just this frustration about our website and you know we have beautiful stores all around the world we have um for those in the us in la we have the pink wall which is the most photographed building in la beautiful shop there and then ginza it's a totally different beautiful shop and in mayfair we have paul's local 
and that just wasn't represented online. We were kind of stuck with this Magento front end. We were designed by committee at that time. It was it wasn't it wasn't Paul Smith. So as the pandemic hit and I became into my role, I wanted to use that opportunity to go, right, we need to really address UX and UI, make a fast site and, and kind of move away from those Magento restrictions that we were facing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how we got introduced to kind of headless and then and I was first introduced to Mac last year, so I kind of, as I was developing the site and, and through connections, I saw Mac and saw the conference and went into that conference not really realizing, I think there was a survey at the start going, how far are you in your Mac journey? And all of us voted, you know, starting out. And then as the conference went on, I was like, oh no, we're actually quite far up this slider. You know, we're integrated with Clayview. Um, Storyblock, Cloudinary are, are kind of all Mac um, alliance and we realize we're actually quite far on, on Mac in this journey. So yeah. yeah, that's how we came along. I think that's so heartening for other retailers to hear mm -hmm. um, because a lot of times there's a misconception about the Mac alliance and what the Mac alliance stands for, that it's kind of this all or nothing approach, mm -hmm. but that's not true. Um, so I think brands hearing this today from you will know that, yeah, if you're, if you know, you're you're already further along the journey than you think. Yeah, I think someone said earlier as well. It's it's those kind of steps to get there as well. Like we we can't just kind of pull Magento and and move and change everything. But you know we've made kind of really good steps now in the last year to kind of get that kind of best practice. Yeah. So you started with the front end. Yeah. And why did you decide to kind of start with search and then you know Cloudinary Storyblock? Why did you decide to go front end to to down yeah, <laughs> customer basically. Um, so again, understanding what what was our kind of pain points on site, and we knew it was the speed, it was product discovery, um, and we we needed to address that and get that digital flagship. That's what that what we were lacking. So at that point, we were an in-house development team, um, which we're super proud of, and we've built up a lot of kind of good Magento knowledge but there's a huge gap there in our headless knowledge. So we kind of went out to market and kind of worked out who, who's who got that knowledge. We can't do this ourselves. And that's where we came across uh, an agency called LimeShop, um, who have been absolutely fantastic at holding our hand through this, this headless journey and really addressing UX and UI, understanding Paul Smith. That they've, they've gone to our shops. They've spoken to stakeholders. We've done surveys on site to really make sure we understand what UX we need and what is important to us as a brand, not necessarily just having a website. It's what's important to a brand. Mm. Um, and so that's how we kind of started that a couple of years ago. Yeah. So you say you started that a couple of years ago. Um, how how much time did you actually spend on the UX and what was your kind of replatforming journey there? So we spent a good kind of probably five months of um, stakeholders and research and going through wireframes and UI and kind of going back to the design by committee, making sure we weren't doing that and making something that was true to Paul Smith. And then the build probably took um, about a, a year from there mm. um, once we kind of got that structure in place. And I think at that time was um, where we were kind of working out how that development would work. As I say, we were in-house. We were used to just building, building, building ourselves into like, our own logic kind of corners and so it was kind of just trying to release a little bit and work with agencies and partners to make sure that we're kind of getting actually no we can plug that in so we can concentrate on this area that's a bit a bit more tricky yeah and you actually installed Clavu there before you replatformed what was the like 
talking, what was the thinking around that? So I guess there's two parts of that, the ease and then the friction we were having with our supplier at the time. Um, so we initially went with you guys for search and we just wanted something simple. We've gone through many search partners in the past and they sell you this shiny toy that can do all these things. But at the end of the day, we were getting quite similar search terms and we were spending a lot of time on our eight store views to make sure that they were optimized. And I was like, we don't need to spend that much money on on these tools. We just need to keep it simple and let um, Clavu do search. So now it kind of runs quite seamlessly, which is fantastic. Mm. And um, what challenges did you encounter kind of before the journey? Well, we, you kind of already talked about the challenges before the journey to Mac, but kind of during the process of doing that first replatform of the front end and now kind of where you are today, what challenges did you um, encounter on the way? I think the biggest challenge was just understanding how we work with an agency. We'd never done that that before and how we use our development team and what we can just get in and plug in. So historically, we had a custom-built CMS, for example, that was very specific to our layouts. And, and at that point, we realized we don't want to build a CMS platform. That's not, you know, we're Paul Smith. We're a fashion brand. We're not a technology brand in that sense. So we went to market and found Storyblock. And we're really impressed to how they already link with Cloudinary, for example. So that's kind of one headache taken away. Um, um, so that was a really kind of a challenge for us to kind of make that shift into like, especially with some people in the business going, oh, you can do that, you can build that. And it's like, we could, but that's not the smartest way. That's not going to protect us long term. Like we need to be able to kind of iterate and and use best in practice rather than build ourselves into that corner again that we've done. And those are hard conversations to have. Yeah. Um, I guess you being in the business for 14 years, you kind of know the business very well. I bet your team trusts you quite a lot. But how how, how did those conversations go? I think... They are hard saying no, like, I'm sorry, we're on a code freeze for a year because we're doing this project. It's never a nice thing to have to say in meetings. Um, but I think it's just reassuring the company why you're doing this and what the benefits they'll see once that project's live. I think what made it slightly easier, it was a tangible project in, in terms of, oh, we've got a shiny new website that we can kind of touch and feel and talk about. So that, that definitely helped um, kind of get those conversations and bring in the rest of the business along with the journey. So I do kind of monthly updates. Okay, this is what our PDP is going to look like. This is what search and nav is going to look like. Um, so that was a kind of a nice way to just reassure people of that, like breadcrumbing them through the project. Absolutely. Internal enablement is actually kind of is so important. Yeah. And it's nice to hear uh, that you kind of implemented that as part of the project, which is probably why it's been so successful for you. Yeah. And empowering the teams when we're kind of going out to market and, okay, okay we need a CMS provider, um, bringing those people that are going to use it day to day, get them bought into why we're changing and letting them speak to the partners of what their struggles are. And, yeah. you know, the ones we went with all kind of resolved those issues, which was really really good. That's amazing. And it gives them more ownership then in their day-to-day and their their decisions. That's it. So what could you not do before that you can do now with your new stack? Oh, quite a lot. The the speed now, being able to react to demands and content. We're a content-hungry business as as a brand. So Paul is always because he's passionate he's still working there's exhibitions in shops and collaborations that we're doing and be able to build engaging content um is is much easier now that we can react to kind of displays and stuff 
But then one of my challenges was getting that amazing content in front of customers. You know, most of our customers are going to categories and shopping or searching and going to products. But we want to put that kind of storytelling layer into those product pages. Um, we're lucky to have in-house photography as well. So we can challenge our copywriters to think like sales assistant, not just kind of, I don't want bullet point lists. I want you to really describe these products. And so we're, we're much better at content enrichment through the work with LimeSharp and how those designs work. And also with Clayview, one of the really exciting things to do is adding that content into search. So historically, you search for bags and bags come up. And now if you search for bags, we've got a really nice little strip of like the stories that relate to those bags and what factories we're using and what collaborations we're doing. And why is that bag so great compared to this bag? So that's a really nice feature that we've got. Absolutely. Yeah, it looks beautiful as well. So I do encourage Please go to visit. the <laughs> visit, maybe buy something too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so why you mentioned discovery and like discovery of content and product together. Why is that so important for Paul Smith? Product is king. You know, our, our directors and Paul, they want us to sell, sell clothes and we can't do that unless product discovery is easy. Um, Paul Smith, we're predominantly menswear, but as I was saying earlier, we sell socks to suits, to cycling helmets, to vintage sofas, to collaborations with Man United, for example. It's, it's always changing. So getting the right product to the customer, we have, for example, we have a lot of uh, female visitors to the site, and that's probably because they're buying gifts for men rather than shopping for themselves. Mm. Um, so having that kind of intelligent search and, and um, merchandising on the site is really important that we're, we're laying results that are relevant to customers um, rather than necessarily what we always think. And I think that's the balance that we've managed to hit really nicely now with Clevo. It's, it's a good AI running in the background, but as a brand, we also need to go, actually, this is hot right now. You need to be looking at this product. Um, so we can kind of nicely blend that mix of kind of AI and, and brand together. Hmm, that's brilliant. And kind of like how much of your success, because, you know, you have, we are in hard economic times at the moment. You guys are maintaining growth. It's brilliant. How much of that success do you contribute to your journey towards mock, um, towards a mock architecture? Mm. Yeah, I think we've had a really smooth transition to the, to the headless front end. We had there's definitely learnings there around kind of SEO and uh, reporting that we probably could have maybe learned a lot from and talking about kind of space to failure and stuff. I think that's where we would have liked to spend more time. Um, but when you when you mentioned that question and speak about Mac, I think what's interesting is I hadn't really thought about this, but the three kind of brands that we work with closely in the Mac Alliance, I kind of sit back from they just they just work really nicely. And I was saying to you earlier that I don't have Cloudinary is in the room, for example, and, and yourselves, like we don't, we don't need like constant handholding, like your push is where we need pushing, but it just works. And that's, that's really great. So it gives me the headspace to look at the pain points. Like I don't need to be told about the good all the time. I, I want to know what's wrong. I need to know what's fixing that. So that's what's really showing around Mac is that it, it works. Mm. <laughs> and considering like your future plans, I think when we were speaking on the phone, you mentioned that like you kind of go to the Mac Alliance website first just to see who's in that category yeah. that you're looking for. It's definitely that new way of thinking. Like our old site was just this kind of knickerbocker glory of a site that was just like, this is so custom to Paul Smith and this is how it's going to work and this is how it's going to look. And I think now we've really changed our mindset now. Okay, who's 
who's a good kind of partner to work with where we can then plug that in you know they're, they're a specialist in that area and use them so going forward as our kind of roadmap continues that's definitely now front of my mind of how we kind of redevelop on, on that digital side so on that kind of what's next what are you looking at next so omnichannel um big part we we've, we've definitely done a good amount of omnichannel work we have retail spaces so trying to make that seamless experience but we have 52 shops around the world that we now want to open that stock up to our customers that are online so the kind of OMS um, piece is really important. So kind of looking at how we can surface that stock and moving our checkout to be headless as well. That's kind of the next kind of phase of our site. Yeah, I, I think, you know, how you've done it and is um, maybe not a story we hear so much, actually, within the mock space. So thank you so much for telling us your story. But like and what I mean by that is like starting from the front end and then going into the nitty gritty of the business processes and stuff. You know, you don't have to necessarily buy a fully composable platform right away and then start plugging everything in and doing mm. your, you know, that's that's a really hard way of doing it. Yeah, um, I think it's that balancing of, so this was a very customer focused project. Yeah. That, that's what we needed to address first. Mm. Um, and that brings other challenges because internally, you know, you're relying on the customer to tell you that, oh, that's not working. You need to fix that rather than internal. So the next phase is that internal challenge and sometimes a little bit harder to adapt to change. And given that space for learning, like our development teams and, and the agencies we're working with are still learning and still trying to, okay, how can we get our core web vital scores down now? That's going to mean a change to how we build content and how we cache and um, how that content's built. So now that now that we've got this customer part kind of running smoothly it's now about how we can develop further into that that kind of back office space yeah and has that required a lot of internal process changes yeah completely that it was it was a lot of just internal knowledge kind of key figures in the business that just know how things work so really going back to basics of kind of okay these are our flows and documentation and understanding that that workflow so that we can then disrupt it basically so that's the the change that we're kind of going through now yeah so getting the information out of the head of out that of the heads. one person and engineering and yeah. into a yeah. place where you can analyze it yeah and, make it and work for you discuss it and understand okay why is that sending that data there could we not do it this way yeah could we not do it a smarter way yeah it's a brave you know you're brave for doing that and uh, it isn't easy so <laughs> well done um what advice would you give to other brands considering starting their mock journey or who might think like, oh my gosh, where do I start? What advice would you give? Um, I think it's, what do you need to change first? Is it internal process? Is it making sure your team are empowered or is it your customers? So I think they're the kind of two pillars that I kind of see that you would maybe choose your focus on first um, and then find that area. Um, and at the MAC conference, someone said getting into the maze and there's going to be dead ends, there's going to be, you're going to have to go back and rework that. I think it's just getting in there and using the community to really understand what's the best way. Like, there's sites out there, there's a knowledge out there, it's trying to get it out of people. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of stories of, like, replatforms to mock technologies that only took six weeks, and, you know, and then at the end of it, you know, the business users don't know what to do, and it's it's a bit of a a little bit of a mess, but then, you know, um, 
you have to have that room to fail, right? Like when, you, when you're trying to get a project sponsor for this, they're not good, they can't expect it to be a six-week project and then everything's going to work well. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. Think it's, I think that's it. It's really ensuring that you're, you're doing this for the right reasons and doing, and doing your kind of homework on it. I don't, I don't personally see the point in rushing projects or that we have two windows within the year where we can deploy something as big as a front-end or, or a back-end change. So, yes, there's that pressure there, but it's, it's making sure you pick the right one so that you can you can learn from your mistakes and if something needs redoing, just making sure you have that time and doing it the best way rather than the quickest way. Yeah, amazing. Um, do you have any, th any final remarks to say or anything else you wanna add? I think just being around the Mac Alliance has just been really enlightening to see the community here and, and the knowledge sharing. So I've really enjoyed talking to the people here that are kind of on the journey and, and what products can do to really help brands that's what I'm passionate about is Paul Smith and how they can help us grow and be more engaging and, and sell more product yeah amazing well thank you so much Hannah um, and thank you all for listening and uh, yeah can't wait to see what you do next thank you <laughs>